we, uh, I got a phone call from Brother Donald Rhodes. His wife, Ann, is a cousin to Betty Tarpley, and I understand she passed away, and that her uh, obituary may be in today's paper. I don't know. It's just a little note. It is in today's. Uh, so a lot of you know her. She had uh, some difficulties and wasn't able to survive. Now that happens in a lot, of, a lot of cases. Let's have a prayer together and we'll get into our study. Our Father who art in heaven, we're so thankful unto thee for this day and for all the blessings that come our way. We realize, Father, that everything that we enjoy in this life comes from thee. And we pray, Father, that thou would help us to appreciate the wonderful blessings that thou dost bestow upon us in giving us life, giving us the ability to assemble together to worship thee. And we pray, Father, that thou would help us to always encourage and help one another in living the Christian life. And Father, we pray for those who are having difficulty. We pray that thou would be with them, be with those who minister to them, they might that they might do the things most needed for them at this time. Be with those who have lost loved ones and keep those families in care. And Father, we pray that that would be with this country in which we live. We're thankful <laughs> to be citizens of this great country. But we know the country has great difficulties and that there's a great need in leadership of this country to know and understand what the Bible teaches and how to follow it. And Father, we pray for Jim and Steve as they serve together here as our elders. We're thankful for them. We appreciate the work that they do and the planning that they do to carry on the work here at White Oak. We're thankful for everything being done through our outreach programs and especially through Good News Today and the efforts being made to reach out to lost souls. Father, we're thankful that we have this time today to be together. And we pray that thou would be with Jim as he's away from us. Pray that he'll have a successful meeting be able to be back with us safely. Be with us as we continue our study this morning. Thank you for all the blessings that we enjoy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> well, I want to take a little different approach this morning to this, I hope. I want to talk a little bit about the love of God and what He's done to make our salvation possible. <coughs> Excuse me, I know that we're all familiar with John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The love that God has manifested to us in making our salvation possible None of us deserve it. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. And we deserve eternal punishment. But because of the love of God, He's provided a way that we might have salvation. Turn with me first to John chapter 1. We notice here in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created and made by Him, 
and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. The Word. The Word was with God. Then go down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Because of the love that God has for us, even though we've all sinned and come short of his glory, that love has motivated him to make our salvation possible. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. In Romans 5, notice beginning with verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, now watch the wording here, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just think about that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you think of the love that it took on God's part to let Christ come into this world as a human being. It's not an easy task to be a human being. There's a lot of difficulty involved in this life. Christ came from heaven, where he was in the ideal situation with God. Didn't know any of the problems and trials and tribulations that this life brings. But, He became a human being anyway, so that he could die. You see, as God, he couldn't die. As the Word, he couldn't die. So he had to become a human being in order to die, because death has a penalty. Or rather, sin has a penalty, and that penalty is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. So Christ came, he died on the cross to make our salvation possible. And how do we see God's love manifested then as we study the Bible? Well, first of all, I want to look at it from the standpoint of God's love being manifested in the church. Turn, turn with me to Matthew 16. This is something you're well familiar with. Christ came for one specific purpose, and that was to build his church. When uh, the questions began to be uh, put to him, about, about, uh, put to others about who, who the people said he was, he had some answers to that. And in uh, Matthew 16 and uh, verse 17, We'll take 16 too. When he said in 15, whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, 
Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Great truth revealed here. When he asked the question, Whom do men say that I am? They had a lot of different ideas. But Peter had the right words. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who he was. (laughs) And he came into this earth so that he might establish the church. And that's what he's talking about here. Now notice something about this in Matthew 16. In verse 18, he refers to it as the church. In Matthew 16 and verse 19, he refers to it as the kingdom of heaven. The church and the kingdom of heaven are one and the same thing. And in order for one to have salvation, who lives on this earth, has sinned and separated oneself from God through that sin, the only way that person can look forward to home in heaven is to be reconciled to God through Christ. And that's what he came for, to make that reconciliation possible, that we might come to him and obey him. And over in Acts 2, we have the facts given to us concerning the establishment of the church. When the gospel was preached on the day of Pentecost, first Pentecost after his resurrection from the dead, Uh, the gospel was preached and people heard and had an eye-opening. They began to realize what had transpired. Christ had come. He promised to build His church. And it was now time to do so. So in Acts 2, beginning in verse 37... Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What they had heard is the sermon was preached on that occasion. And uh, they asked the question then, What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And of course, that calling is through the gospel. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Save yourselves. Well, how is one going to save themselves? Salvation without Christ would be impossible. But since he paid the penalty for sin, since he died for us, we can have access to God through him, through the church. 
that he came to establish. And so in verse 47 here, he says, Praising God, Acts 2 and verse 47, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church. We have a lot of people going around today talking about joining the church and what church you're going to join. There's only one. Christ didn't, uh, didn't come to establish the denominational situation that exists in the world today. That's foreign to the love of God. The love of God is manifested in Christ who died for us and gave himself so that the church might be established. So as you read on in Acts, the gospel was preached. People believed and obeyed by being baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, just as those on Pentecost. And looking back at Acts 2 and verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they added to them about 3,000 souls. What did they do? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Talks about selling their possessions and so forth. What a wonderful picture that is. That is the beginning of what Christ said that he came to establish. The church. It had its beginning there on the day of Pentecost. And so when we read on through Acts. And we see about how the gospel was preached. People heard it, they believed it, they obeyed it, and when they were baptized, God added them to the church. Then in Acts 11, we're told the Lord's church at Antioch and Saul and Barnabas uh, meeting there with the church for about a year, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch, Acts 11, verse 26. That's the name that God chose. His people were to be called Christians. And Christians are members of the one church that Jesus came to establish because when they obey the gospel, that's what God adds them to. And so this is a manifestation of the love of God. And as you go on through the book of Acts, you read of the church being established in places like Iconium, Derby, Lystra, Corinth, and many other places. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians 3, look beginning with uh, verse 8. Unto me, who am less than least of all saints, is this grace given. that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now 
under the principles, principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That manifold wisdom of God. He planned for the church. It wasn't an afterthought by any means. He planned all along for the church. And he sent Christ so that that church might be established. Notice it says in verse 11 of Ephesians 3, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That was God's plan from the very beginning. That Christ would come into this world, live in this wicked, cursed world like any other human being, be tempted in all points like we all are, and yet be totally sinless, able to pay the penalty for sin, able to go to the cross and give himself so that we might have eternal life. And so then, God's love is manifested as the gospel came to mankind. First there... Pentecost, and prior to that, Christ preaching the kingdom being near at hand. And eventually, even into this country in which we live, the gospel came. The gospel was preached, and people obeyed. And the church was off to a great beginning. But one thing became a problem. And the thing that became a problem again was sin. People began to depart from the teaching of God, turning away from that. And so there came a great falling away, and the church went into apostasy. And then eventually in this country, men like Thomas and Alexander Campbell began to preach the love of God through the gospel of Christ and begging people to return to the Bible and obey God the same way those people did on the day of Pentecost. Go back to the Bible. Take it like it is. Be willing to accept it as it is, the truth of God. We need to realize the importance of that. But though... Pardon me. Many had obeyed the gospel and turned to Christ. There was that turning away. And as time goes on, the love of God through Christ was preached in a place called Chattanooga, Tennessee. And people here began to turn to Christ. There were places called 47th Street. A church of Christ. A church dedicated to doing the will of God. Then there was Cowart Street. I uh, remember a lot of the people from Cowart Street. And that's as old as me and Mary and both. <laughs> a lot of good people. And then there was a church called St. Elmo. Northside. And Woodland Heights. 
Sandra can tell you about Woodland Heights. How thankful we are that the gospel came <coughs> and people obeyed. Woodland Heights preached the love of God through Christ, and they were doing all that they could to reach out to the other people with the gospel. And so a decision was made to have a tent meeting in the White Oak area. It used to be a great big tree right out here. It's not there anymore. But a tent was put up here under that tree. And the gospel was preached. And people began to obey. And the White Oak Church of Christ came into existence in 1947. That meeting was conducted in November of 1947, and uh, Garnet Randolph led the singing for that meeting. And I can't remember who, the, who was the preacher, Marion, in the meeting. Who? Gear? Brother Gear. Okay. Brother Gear preached in this area for a long time. I grew up out in the East Brainerd area, and the church out there had its beginning in the basement out on Shallowwood Road of a man named Leonard Grider. Many of you knew Leonard, and he's gone on to his reward. But in 1947, September of 47, the meeting was conducted, and that led the decision to establish this congregation. White Oak, for 67 years now, the love of God manifested through Christ has been preached from this location. And many people have obeyed the gospel as a result. Just think back over that 67 years to the number of souls who have been brought to salvation at this very location. I first came to White Oak in 1985. There were a lot more people here at that time than there are now. I'm going to tell you in a minute why some of them are not here. We need to understand that the 67 years the love of God manifested through Christ has been preached by this congregation. Continuing to reach out to others with the gospel. And many, many people have been brought to salvation at this very location. But you think about that. Many of the people that I have seen sitting here on these pews are no longer here. Allie Barnes, John Bell, J.C. Bichelle, Harold and Marie Blackman, Maggie Brown, Mac Condra, Sarah Green, <coughs> excuse me, Myrtle Grissom, Bill and Juanita Hall, Lily Mae Hartman, Lily Hudnall, Willie Jones, Kathleen Joyner, Joe and Ruby Kerr, Ernie and Edwina Lawson, Sam and Betty Marler, Mac and Elizabeth McCollum, John Parnell, Al and Mildred Pendergrass, John and Ida Pleasant, Jackie Ferguson, 
Emily Daniel, Wade and Olivia Slatton, Garnet Randolph, Fred and Johnny Rogers, Ann Watkins, John <coughs> John Henderson, <coughs> Brian Pope, Ann Rogers, Oliver and Lila Scroggins. I had the privilege of baptizing them into Christ. And Oliver was the song leader here for about 12 years. Good song leader. Good workers. But now, in eternity. Susie St. Clair. Irma Stocker. Young Thomas. Willie Mae Boyles. Walter and Mary Jo Zorn. Dick Stewart. Margaret Russell, James Kilgore, Jack Show, Winona Smith, Antoinette Hargis, Johnny Statham, Mac McAdams, Burley Paul, Mary Griffith, Evelyn Long, <coughs> Maurice Crownover, <coughs> excuse me, G.W. and Lolly Blackwood, Carl Castleberry, Tony Allen, Fred and Laura Acuff, Ethel Grissom, Naomi Lusk, Bertha Bean, Jerry Poo, LaVoy Blevins, Louis Caulfield. You think about all those people who had access to the truth through the gospel that was preached. They obeyed the gospel and they died with a wonderful hope of eternal life. All that transpired right here at the White Oak Church Christ because people heard, believed, and obeyed the gospel. And all these that I've named here have already gone on to their eternal reward. And that's a lot of people that might not have had a chance to come to the knowledge of the truth without the congregation being here without the gospel being preached, and our continuing to reach out to others with the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. So the love of God goes on as White Oak continues to faithfully preach that love through Christ and the church. Our mission work, the printed page, I took and try to keep something is wrong, but the Bible is right. I keep some of those in my car, so I'll have them readily available. And when I was in Florida the other day, this young lady on Wednesday night responded to the invitation. And she expressed a desire to be baptized into Christ. But she didn't really understand what that involved. And there was one young man that led the singing that night and took care of things. The preacher works and he was not able to be present he and his wife both worked, and they were working, not able to be there. But that young man handled things very well. He got up after talking with the young lady and explained to the congregation that she had expressed a desire to be baptized into Christ. But in talking with her, it was obvious there was a whole lot she didn't understand. 
And so they were going to meet with her, talk with her, work with her. And that's the church in Dunhill in uh, Florida. Small congregation, probably 60, but doing a good work. They're preaching the gospel. And people are hearing, believing, and obeying. Well, that same thing is what's been going on here quite a long time. Preaching the gospel through the TV program Know Your Bible, which has had some changes recently. The Bible Correspondence Course program, Joe can tell you about that. And how many people we've got enrolled right now, I don't even know. But people are making contact with the church at White Oak to enroll in the Bible Correspondence Course. And already some of those have come to the knowledge of the gospel, have obeyed it, and been baptized into Christ. And then there is the preacher training. This is something that White Oak has been involved with for a number of years. There are many men who have gone forth preaching the gospel as a result of the work done right here at White Oak. Helping men go to school and bring themselves to a full knowledge of the Bible and be able to preach it. One of those grew up right here in these pews. I baptized him when he was about 14 years old. And he just got through preaching this past week in a meeting at Greens Lake Road. His name is David Smith. He's a fine gospel preacher. Had a great series of lessons in that meeting. All that comes about because of the love of God in making provision for people to come to the knowledge of the truth, obey the gospel, live the Christian life, and go to heaven. And so many of our number here have already moved on to their eternal destination. And that has all been made possible because of the love of God, the preaching of the gospel, and what has been done in this 67 years that White Oak has existed. So we ought to be thankful for all the time of the work here, and we ought to look forward to keeping it going as long as we're able, and keep on preaching the gospel. Christ said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. John 15, verse 5. So as long as white oak abides in Christ, preaches the word, stands faithful in the work that God has given to be done, souls will continue to come to the knowledge of the Christ, obey the gospel, live the Christian life, and be able to die with the hope of heaven. So we're thankful for the 67 years that this congregation has existed and the good work that's been done during that time. All of this is a manifestation of the love of God through the church with the gospel being preached and people coming to the knowledge and understanding of it. 
I had the privilege of baptizing two people sitting right over here. We sat down together. We began to look at the Bible. Here's what it teaches. And they were receptive. Tom said, we want to do. I never will forget his statement. He said, we want to do what's right. And they did. And look at the great work that they've done in the years that they've been here. And so we have that kind of history with the Lord's church here. The gospel being preached, people obeying, and being able to die and go on to an eternal life that we all look forward to when we live faithfully to God and do His will in the life that we live. I'm thankful to be a part of White Oak and to be able to see all these years. A lot of those people that I named, I preached their funerals because they were here. They were faithful members. and They died with the hope of Christ with the hope of that eternal home in heaven. And so we need to be appreciative of the fact of the love that God has manifested to us in making salvation possible through Christ and through the church. Jim's doing an outstanding job of preaching the gospel here, both here and through the Good News Today TV program and the good things that are coming through that. That's what White Oak has been a part of for many years. We're actually only supporting one preacher student at this time. His picture's out on the bulletin board, the only, or the first black student at the School of Preaching at Tri-Cities. And White Oak helped support him. Uh, Walter Deckel is his name. Martin and I met him, got to spend some time with him, He's a very talented man, and he's already preaching. And so many of the men that we have helped support over the years here through the church here at White Oak are out there now preaching the Word. I heard one of them yesterday on GBN. His name is Larry. I probably don't even need to say his last name. Larry Acuff. This church used to be made up primarily of Acuffs and Jacksons and people like that. Larry grew up right here at White Oak. He told me one day he went downtown to see a movie. It's on a Sunday afternoon. And whoever he rode down there with, somehow connections got crossed up and he missed his ride back. And he knew the time for the evening service was approaching. And he knew if he didn't show up, he would be in trouble. And he said, well, I figured it out. I decided I'd come up those front steps and just sneak in the building and go up in the balcony. And he said, Mom and Daddy never know. And I sneaked in late. But he said, when I opened that door, Mama was looking me right in the eye. (laughs) There used to be a stairway going over here, going up into the balcony. And that's what he was talking about, going up that stairway 
sneaking in without, without anybody knowing it. But Mama caught him. <laughs> so he was in trouble anyway. Larry's a good, <coughs> great gospel preacher today. He preaches in Lithia Springs, Georgia. And of course, David, as you mentioned, he preaches at North Hamilton. And uh, uh, Robbie Eversall preaches down in, uh, uh, in Georgia. Uh, Robbie preached his first sermon here at White Oak. I was sitting here, and he got through. He sat down here on the front seat. He shook his head, and he said, I blew it. <laughs> I said, no, you didn't, Robbie. You did a good job, and it'll get better. And it has. He's been preaching the gospel for a number of years now. But he came here because he was invited to come with the idea of helping him go to school, and White Oak helped him. I can't even name all the different men that White Oak has helped to become gospel preachers. And all that's, now those men are out there preaching the gospel in other places. The love of God is manifested through that. Because people, again, are hearing the word, believing that word, and obeying it. That's what God's work is all about. And that's what we need to be about and continue to be about here at White Oak. All these souls that the names that I've read off here. I guess the first funeral I preached here was Wayman's grandfather. And uh, I won't, couldn't even come close to telling you how many there have been. Somebody asked me one time, did I know how many people I had preached a funeral for. I said, I have no idea. But I haven't kept a record of anything like that. I know a preacher that used to be in this area. He kept up with everything like that. He could tell you every person who ever baptized, tell you every person who ever performed a wedding ceremony for. He had all that information. But I didn't really want that. <laughs> Might have gone to my head and I didn't need it. <laughs> But this congregation has done so much in the 67 years that it's been in existence to preach the gospel, to help people believe it and obey it. And there are others here that ran. Ann and I had uh, Bible studies with Judy Parker, baptized her into Christ. And so just so many that we had the privilege of working with and seeing come to a knowledge of the truth and obey the gospel. And Jim is carrying on that work, doing an outstanding job. Still reaching out, still leading people to come to the knowledge of the truth and obey the gospel, live the Christian life. So I'm thankful that White Oak is here. I'm thankful to be a part of it. And I hope each of you are thankful to be a part of it because this congregation continues to do the good work of preaching the gospel, reaching out to others, bringing them to a knowledge of the scripture, and seeing them obey the gospel, and die with the hope of eternal life. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, 
and enter into the gates, into the city through the gates as a result of living a faithful Christian life. I thought that might be a little different approach to the love of God and how it's manifested and maybe bring it home to us a little closer that we're involved in that. And we've seen people come and obey the gospel and go on. I mentioned Mac and Elizabeth McCollum. Ron can tell you, it's his father-in-law. You had to know Mac. <laughs> that was a different ball game. He was a good man. He and Elizabeth. One time, Mr. Russell lived over here next door, and he started coming over and talking to me, and he started giving me $100 cashier's checks. I preacher, I want to give this. Don't tell anybody. I'd take his checks, put them in the contribution. Mac was treasure. And he said, where in the world those $100 cashier's checks come from? I didn't say a word. <laughs> so time went on. The Russells did finally obey the gospel too. But that $100 check was always there. Mr. Russell would come over here and had, had his overalls on. And he'd reach in the bib of those overalls and pull that $100 check out and give it to him. And uh, Max just agonized over that. After he died, Elizabeth married then again, had a wonderful husband. And they came by to visit with us when I was preaching over in Cowan. And uh, so I told Elizabeth what transpired with those $100 cashier's checks. And she laughed. She laughed about that. She said, Mac just agonized over that, wondering where those $100 checks came from. <laughs> and then there was a young man here who would write those checks for $5.10 or some oddball cents on his check. Mac would say, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to tally that up and keep up with that. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of interesting things transpire in the years here that the church has existed. And I'm thankful <coughs> to be here and to be a part of it. I hope it helps you realize that God's been awful good to us, giving us time to do all we can to reach out for the gospel. In the 67 years that White Oak has been here, a lot of people have been converted. And a lot of people have died with the hope of eternal life. And we're thankful for that. So God's love manifested to us through the church. The eternal purpose of God through the church. People being saved and having a hope of eternal life. So I hope that helps us a little bit in just thinking about the love of God and how he's manifested that to us in so many ways. But the main thing through the church. Thank you.